Lisa, it's going to appear like I have. All right. Good Monday morning, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. If you celebrate Valentine's Day, if not happy anti-Valentine's Day, <laughs> if you choose to go that route, okay? Both ways, just happy Monday to everybody. You guys know me, Amy, here for Author Talk with Sandy. We have a guest co-host, which is Greg, and our wonderful guest today is Jennifer. So you guys, hey, how was everybody's weekend? Woohoo! Yay! It yep. is Valentine's Day, and even if you don't celebrate it, it's still Valentine's Day. So for those people that like it. So we've been planning all weekend. That's one of the things we did was what we're going to do today, because my granddaughter lives with us, and so, so we have a nice dinner planned, and uh we i told her she could pick out the movie so there's a new movie out called marry me and that was recommended for valentine's day so we're watching that so yeah it's fun it's happy monday yay i'm so excited to be here with you amy and greg i don't know have i ever been on when you were the uh, one of the hosts no not as a host as so. a guest Mm, I love you, Greg. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm excited about today. Can you tell? Well, <laughs> well, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much, Amy, Sandy, and Greg, for having me on, and happy Valentine's Day to everyone. And I actually saw the previews for Marry Me. It looks like a really great movie. It's with J-Lo and Owen Wilson, yeah. and it looks like so much fun. I love her. I love her. I do, too. She does. She's just her music, her movies, everything she does is just fabulous. So I think that's a great choice. I'm excited yeah. about it. I love it. Greg, what about you? Well, I did watch the Super Bowl, mainly for the commercials. <laughs> okay. my, my favorite commercial was with uh, Scarlett Johansson and her husband with the Alexa. And now they cut it short for the Super Bowl. So I would suggest actually watching the entire commercial on YouTube. Yeah. And it was about if Alexa could read your mind, and it was just the whole <sighs> thing was hilarious. Wait, um, I can't wait. And so, who, who was in it? Scarlett Johansson. She was Black Widow at Marvel. And yep, I know who Scarlett Johansson is. Yeah. Okay. Well, her, and, her, and her husband, husband. I don't know his name. This is so sad. I don't know Colin. his name, but I know him from SNL. And he does the funniest skit on SNL. So that's how I know him. I don't know his name. I feel so bad. I feel like I, you know, should know his name. Oh, man, that's so awful. But, okay, the Super Bowl, because Greg totally brought this up, and this has made me happy. I did not watch the game. I know you guys are going to give me a lot of hate for that. I'm sorry. I know that the Rams won, okay, and I am a football person. But let's. I tuned in for the halftime. I'm not even going to lie. You guys, it was Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, like, why would you not tune in? Like, those are just my people, okay? Like, that's back when music, in my opinion, was good, okay? Journey and all that was fabulous, but, you know, in my opinion. So that was the best 12 minutes of that whole thing for me, and I was just loving every minute of it, okay? I was, I've never, like, I knew all the songs. I was getting, you know, my karaoke on, dancing in my living room. And my kids are like, Mom, what are you, what's going on here? You know, hot mess over here. But it was, no, it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. To me, that is like the halftime to beat. It was the best show in a long time for, you know, the halftime and everything like that. And then on a happier note, I started watching the movie The Proposal. Which, who doesn't love that movie with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock? Like, oh, you have to love that movie because they're just perfect together. 
I love them both. And so I'm watching that and this is so weird. Okay. You guys are going to really get to know me. I, everyone knows I love zombie movies and stuff. So I started watching the proposal. I put my kids to bed and then I switched it over to all of us are dead, which is a South Korean zombie series on Netflix. And I love, I love, I just love zombies. And I know that that's not a Valentine's thing. And I'm so sorry. Exactly. But I started watching the proposal. Okay. I started doing that. Oh, you guys. Okay. This is fabulous. So my husband, you guys all know my husband doesn't listen to my show unless I tell him to listen to my show. So it's a whole thing, but I won my battle on my car. Okay. I won this battle. So Jennifer, I have been going on this battle with my husband for over a year that we needed to get a bigger vehicle. So I'm in a compact SUV and then, you know, I've had both of my kids and it just doesn't, I need something bigger because at this point I can reach my hand in the back. And if I really wanted to discipline my child, I could like while I'm driving, it's a whole whole thing. And so we needed a family vehicle and we were between a truck and a, an SUV, a Yukon to be specific. And I have won this battle. You guys, I feel like this is a big accomplishment for me because I've never dedication. Marathon as a sprint was very accurate in this whole thing, you know, because it took me a year and a half. Okay. To get where I am. So it is, that is happy Valentine's Day to me because I have won this whole thing. And I have, I feel very accomplished at the end of the day. I'm like, yes, I have done this because I am not the most patient person. I'm just not. No, I don't think anyone with toddlers is the, I mean, you have to be patient, but I think at the end of the day, we all just want to scream to let out, you know, our frustration. And I live that. I very much live that. So it's a huge accomplishment for me. So yay. Mm. I'm just saying well, the whole thing. Well, which one did you get, the SUV or the truck? Oh, no, Greg, I get to order it because, you know, they don't have any on the lot. Okay. <laughs> Let's just be real. I don't know what is going on. There's the chip shortage, which I guess is still going around, but I, they can't, they don't have them on the lot. So I'm going to build what I want because I decided if I'm going to, you know, sell half my soul for this vehicle and pay the price of it, I am going to get what I want. Therefore, I have to build it. But I get to go and do that on Friday, and it is just a whole thing that has just set and made my whole weekend. So that is my Valentine's Day gift for, like, the next, I don't know, until I die. So nice. until I die, this is my Valentine's, my anniversary, my birthday, and my Christmas and Mother's Day all in one. Okay? So I'm just going to go look out on the driveway on those days and be like, yep, make me happy. Make me happy. <laughs> the whole thing. It is a whole, whole thing. But, Jennifer, what did you do over the weekend? What are you guys doing? Now, I know I saw you went to school in Toronto, but you don't live there. Where do you live in, in Canada? Yeah, so I'm currently with my parents in Maple. Ooh. And uh, I've been here since the pandemic began. I've been uh, helping with some family stuff. Yeah. So where so, is Maple? Is Maple, so Maple near is just about an hour outside of Toronto, okay. depending on traffic. An hour to two hours. Just kind of depends how many cars are on the road. So it's been quite cold here. We have over two and a half feet of snow. It was negative 15 degrees Celsius this weekend. So that is like definitely, you know, in the 20s <laughs> Fahrenheit. It's been pretty cold. We've had quite a cold, snowy winter. Um, colder and more snow than, than we've had in a long time. 
but I did go for a nice long walk with a girlfriend that I've known since high school. So that was really nice. Um, it's funny if I'm by myself, it's hard to motivate myself to go for a walk when it's this cold. But if somebody's willing to come with me, I, I have feel no the exact same way. I, I have no problem. Way. I'm so happy to go. And I'm also happy to be social because up until two weeks ago, we were still locked down in, in mm -hmm. Ontario. So all the restaurants, gyms, fitness, everything except for grocery stores and some retail was shut down. So it was very hard to be social. They also were limiting indoor gatherings to five people, which I don't understand how they do that if you have four kids. It's right. You just put one in the in the garage. <laughs> You're temporarily here, okay? Yeah, you know, I don't, you know, like you have to have them on rotation. You know, like musical chairs. <laughs> They're a revolving door, okay? A couple get to eat, and then we just rotate out. That's how, okay? Yeah, and, and, and especially because it's been so cold with the lockdowns and the restrictions, it's been super challenging for everybody here. So it was so lovely to finally go for a walk, see a friend. I've gone for a few walks um, with friends, but like I said, it's been so cold. It was warm at minus 15. It's been like negative 22, negative 25. So yeah, it's not really conducive, um, you know, to, to being social. So that was definitely fabulous. I've also, I'm working on a new piece that I'm writing. So I was um, writing most of the weekend when I get into a groove, you know, when inspiration hits, you just kind of have to go with it. So I was working most of the weekend. I didn't see um, much of the Super Bowl, but I definitely made the time to see the halftime show. Right? Because yeah. I love all of those musicians. And like yes. you said, Amy, it's like from back in the day when music was good. Yes. And I feel like, you know, a lot of those artists, like when they were coming up, they actually had something to say. Yeah. Whereas I feel like now just entertainment in general has become, you know, sensational. It's always been sensational, but people are going way more for shock value. And, um, you know, and it's about bragging about lifestyle and and things like that and or it's or it's um trying to school us about you know social justice and political issues right. and there's definitely a place for that because you know in the 60s and 70s a lot of artists were using their platform as um as a way to inform and inspire people to change but i don't know it's just coming across in a really different way today that um, I, I don't know. I think before it was more kind of inviting as opposed to now it's just kind of like reprimanding us for everything that we're doing wrong with our lives. It doesn't, it's, it's not as, it's not as ingratiating. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's the perfect way to say it. Cause I feel like, you know, I mean, like you, I was living for the halftime. But yeah, totally. Oh, like, uh, and Mary J, that outfit. Like, I all I have to say is I need those boots. Like, I know. I hope I look that good at her age. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, you don't like know, you know. But it, you know, back in when they, you know, all those like Eminem, Mary J. Blythe and stuff, they made music about their hardships and where they are and how hard they fought to get where they are and the struggle and the sorrow and all of those things, right? That kind mm -hmm. of came into play. Whereas today it's, you know, I have a million, I went and bought a million dollar thing and all of this. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, that's, 
That's great. Yes. Music has always been about social issues. The Rolling Stones, James. Yes. But I think it's, I don't know. It was done in a more. Yeah. I, yeah. Like Woodstock, you know what I mean? Like all of those, all of those movements, they, they were grassroots movements that came through these, you know, musicians, folk singers, artists, and definitely it's always artists that can change the tide of whether it's, you know, politics, social issues, because they have such a huge platform. But I agree with you. Um, yeah, I just feel like people had more to say. Yeah. Um, you know, back then and and now it's just um I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, today's music, you know, like Cardi B and all that, you know, and like the whole like twerking movement that somehow has took the nation. I wasn't on that. My sisters and stuff used to listen. My my mom and Sandy, you're going to love this. My mom loved 50 Cent and the, you know, it's go shorty. It's your birthday. That was like my mom's like my mom loved that song. And so like I remember all of those, you know, when I was growing up and everything. And so it just they had a, a message, but it was just about, you know, how they've struggled and they've gotten to where they are. And they're just so happy and thankful to be where they are. And I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know a single person on my social media that was not just living. I mean, besides Greg, that was not living for the halftime performance, you know, so it was like a whole thing. I know, Greg, you, you we talked earlier, man. It's okay. You weren't a fan and that's okay. You yeah. actually watched the game. It's okay. I mean, it's, oh, it's all good. I get it. Well, I watched go, the halftime. Go ahead, go ahead, Greg. Well, I was going to say to go with what y'all are saying. I mean, because I'm more of the country person anyway. And even Alan Jackson wrote a song because it's happened in country music too. It's like murder on music row. They just, they just killed music somewhere along the way. You know, and I did not, I honestly, I haven't seen George Strait in a while. And then I saw the commercial that he was in last night. Did you see that commercial? For H-E-B? Where he was in the I think it was H-E-B. I honestly, I'm so sorry, George Strait, if you're listening to this, but I didn't realize he looked that old now. I was Mm. like, oh my gosh. Made me feel even older to think because that. Anyway, it was a great. It was great. I did love the commercial. I was. I did find on YouTube the one you were talking about, Greg. But I did watch the game, and I honestly, I at about two minutes when they were down to two minutes, and Cincinnati had been winning for quite a while, which that was the team I was wanting to win. I got up and left for a couple of minutes, and when I came back, they had the Rams had won the game, and I'm like. What the heck? I just left for a couple of minutes in the rain. You can't leave at the end of the game. It's totally undecided. Everything happens in the last minute. That's why you don't do nothing. You don't go to the bathroom. You hold it. Okay. You hold it. You don't get nothing. (laughs) Like at halftime is where you get everything you need to get you through the rest of the game because you ain't moving. You just never, you never know. It can go either way. And so it's just, it's a whole thing. But you know, I not I'm not a hater of Tom Brady, but it was refreshing that it wasn't the Tom Brady Bowl. You know, it was two teams that mm-hmm. haven't been there in years. I mean, what is it? It was like 30 years since they've been there, something like that. Cincinnati yeah. was for sure. I know that's, that's kind of why I was pulling for them. Yes, I mean that just made it even more, I think, exciting to watch because it wasn't the same teams, you know, making it, which I, you know, I'm a huge advocate. Everyone needs their turn. 
take turns, you know, just rotate, rotate, <laughs> but keep the halftime performances. I'm liking this like whole lineup. So just keep this coming. If Snoop Dogg could be in every year. Oh, I'm there. You know, I'm just, I'm there. He just, it, I don't know. He has like a charisma. Like, I feel like if I met him in person, you would just, you know, it wouldn't be like meeting a celebrity, just be like an everyday person. You know, I wouldn't fangirl because I just, I don't know. He's just laid back like his song. I just, I don't know. I love it. I just, I'm living for it. I'm going to rewatch it probably after this whole thing while I'm working. Like that's, I'm, I was living for it a hundred percent. But as much as we love talking about the Super Bowl and everything that has happened this weekend and Valentine's Day, I'm going to kick it over to Sandy and we're going to get Jennifer talking about her book, The Year of What, and some of the other books that she has written. So Sandy, it is all you. And is it Jennifer or Jen? Either one. Okay. Okay. Because I did see some of your promotional stuff that um, said Jen, and then I did see on Amazon. I have your Amazon stuff pulled up. I've got your press release and everything that Mickey sent us. So um, if you're in a networking group and somebody comes up to you and introduces themselves and they're like, who is Jennifer Lieberman? What, what, what do you tell them about you? Um, well, professionally, I tell people that I'm an actor who started writing and producing to give myself work. And, uh, you know, personally, I'm an outdoorsy kind of active hippie chick from the woods in Canada. You are the one that referred to Woodstock earlier. So. Yes. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I am. I'm a little, you know, hippy dippy. <laughs> and I love being outside. I love being in nature. I grew up camping. I grew up, um, you know, going on like canoe trips where we, it's a very Canadian thing. <laughs> you know, we go to a national park and canoe across the lake and we'd actually have to cross like several lakes. They drop us off at like one point and we'd have to like cross several lakes to get to like the pickup point and pitch our own tents and build fires and cook our own food. And um, because I grew up doing that, I've just always had a love for nature and animals. Like it doesn't matter if it's the woods or the beach or the mountains. I just love being outdoors. And I love, I grew up as an athlete also. So I love being super active. I love um, especially activities I can be doing outside in nature. So whether it's warm or cold outside, either one, I'll take it. Well, you have such an amazing background. I mean, I saw you have a, a solo show. Is that still going on? The um, the year of the slut. Do you still do that? No, you know what? I did that several years ago, um, like in the movie La La Land with Emma Stone. I did it when I first moved to LA just to kind of tell people I, I existed and get some people to come who were in a position to hire me or work with me. But like in La La Land, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> you know, my mom came, like friends from my acting class came, but nobody that I intended to do the show for to showcase my ability came. But it was a huge turning point in my career because it was the first time I wrote something for myself where I tailor made it to show exactly what I could do. I played 10 characters. I was on stage by myself for an hour and a half. So I really kind of proved to myself that I had what it took in terms of, you know, doing comedy, doing drama. It had all the feels. 
Um, there were some racy scenes, some funny scenes, some really heart-wrenching scenes, doing different accents, different characters, writing it myself, performing it, all of that. So that was a huge turning point. And that actually is what turned into my novel, Year of the What. I had some issues with the original title. I had issues being censored for ads on social media and Amazon. So I initially published it with the original title, Year of the Slut, because it is a feminist piece. Um, and then grappled with the decision of changing the title for quite a while until I kind of came to the conclusion that I'd rather, you know, adapt and have a shot at success then be very stubborn in in the way I wanted things to be. Right, I hear have you. No chance at success at all. And changing the title proved to be a good idea. Um, it's now a number one bestseller on Amazon, and it was awarded the best rom com of 2021 by the Scribblesworth Book Reviews. So. It's like you can be right or you can be happy. <laughs> you can be up on that stage with a, talking about your book with nobody in the audience or you can tweak it a little bit and then have people come. So I, I, I hear you, uh, but I'm like you. It's like, no, damn it. This is my title and you want to stick right with it. Um so I do want, I can definitely see both sides of that. And so for your sake and for the book's sake, and because we got to have you on the show, I'm glad that you made that decision. So where did, and you, so you've got a huge successful background and you've done lots of films. You were a playwright, you've done all this stuff. So why the book? So this, the play, um, I did it in LA to dismal audiences, but like I said, I, I knew that I kind of had something there. The people who came liked it and it was more proving it to myself, you know, because you get, you, you go into the industry and you spend years of either getting rejected or getting small roles that don't really showcase your ability. And people will take a look at you and they have no idea what you're actually capable of. A lot of us aren't even sure of what we're capable of until we stretch ourselves and force ourselves into a situation where we have to grow. Get so, out of that comfort zone. Exactly. So that's what this was for me. And I kept working on the show and submitted it to a festival in New York. And I got in and I ended up winning the Audience Choice Award at the festival. And there was a little bit of buzz um, about the play. And when I came back to Toronto, people had heard to visit family. People had heard about it. And I just kept getting the same feedback, like that's such a great title. It would be a great book. It would be a great chick lit book. It would be a great novel. And so many females just hearing the title would say to me, like, I would buy that book just hearing the title. I wouldn't even need to, you know, read the back of the book because you hear the title and a lot of women kind of understand what it's about. Um, so the premise of the book is about this girl, Dana, who's heartbroken, just came out of her first relationship, was saving herself for the one. And at 25, everything kind of implodes on her. And she's only been with one man. And she's kind of naive and judgmental about promiscuity um, and lives with a lives with a roommate who's quite promiscuous. And basically her roommate encourages her and says, look, like until, 
until you have sex for yourself, you're never going to know who you really are or what you really want in life. So the title is actually reframing the protagonist's idea of what a slut is. It's not even about outward judgment from other people. It's her embarking on a journey of self-discovery and basically finding self-love and realizing until she finds, and it's great that it's Valentine's Day today. I know, that's for Everybody out there, self-love is what needs to kind of precede romantic love. And if you don't have that self-love and if you feel like you need that partner to validate you as being worthy, you're never really going to be happy in life. Like it's our own responsibility to be like a fully formed, functioning, happy human. And that's when we're ready to have that relationship. So that's, that's the journey of this book. And um, yeah, (laughs) that's how it came about. That's a perfect fit for today. Oh my God. I know. I know. I, I thought you guys planned it. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we did, Sandy. Yes, I would never tell you that we didn't. No. Well, Amy got with Mickey, and they picked this book for today because it's Valentine's Day. That's yes. Perfect. Oh my God. Yes. I wish I was that brilliant, but I'm going to lie and say yes. I totally thought of this ahead of time, and yes, <laughs> I'm going to roll with it. I will say the title of of your book year of the what it's very intriguing for me and like you said you know i don't i don't necessarily need to read the description now i like to read the description so just know what i was going about but i love just the year of the what it just is intriguing for me and i just i love it but i also i also like the title year of the slut too i mean i like both you know i am a fan of of both but well year of the what makes it sound mysterious also like okay year of the what that was what it's mm-hmm. what is like, this? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it has a draw to it. Yeah, yeah. So I was, the inside title it does say the 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 year of the slut. So if somebody actually picks up the book off the shelf and opens it, so you got you got both. You had to change the outside title, but you got okay. I like yeah. it. You, you still got both, which I love. Yeah, and now it's actually book one of a series. I'm working on um on a couple other books in the series, and book two is Year of the Bitch. So, um, you have, have you have the, the title, like, yes, yes, because I'm a firm believer, you know, I am, if I get called that, I'm going to live up to it. And I feel like it's just out of spite and jealousy. So I just own the title. I love, I love that title. Yeah. And also these are words that are used as weapons against women. Like mm-hmm. when women are younger, when they're in their teens and twenties, the word that's used the most, whether they're promiscuous or not, is slut. If you mm-hmm. want to put down a woman, that's what you call them. And then as women get older, more assertive, maybe more successful, then the word becomes bitch if you want to attack a woman. So what I'm trying to do is deconstruct these words that are weaponized against women through exploring um, this protagonist Dana's journey to finding herself and her own happiness. See, I love that because I think, you know, in order to be happy, and I mean, I always, in relationships or whatever, you have to be happy and love the person that you are first is how I've, I've always seen it is I, you need to like and love who you are first before 
and like a relationship before you can really be happy with somebody else because you have to be happy alone and with yourself and like yourself is my kind of thing. And so I just, yes, I am all for it. I'm glad that it is a, a series because that is, I think is something that women need. And I think it's like, they need to know, you know, that they're not the only ones that kind of think that and a relatable story in a sense. Right. Cause I mean, I know plenty of people that, you know, use, you know, the weapon, the words that are weaponized against them as a driving factor. I definitely am one of those people, but you know, I'm just stubborn and hard headed that way. <laughs> I, I will own it. Um, but I think it's something that they need to know that in like a relatable story, it's not, it's not necessarily that it's, not the norm to do that, but it's an empowerment kind of thing. And that all these things you can turn into a good, a good light by liking who you are and being sure of who you are and things like that. Cause I think a lot of it comes from just being confident with who you are and things don't matter when people, you know, use those terms and stuff against you, which I think is a beautiful thing. And it's something everybody needs, but you know, women, we kind of get hated on, we kind of get told mean things, you know, it's just the whole thing. And so I think, you know, creating the series, I think is, is brilliant. So I'm excited to do it. Yeah. I think Thank that's you. amazing. Yeah. And it's not preachy at all. It's just yeah. taking you on a journey of this, of this young woman's life. And it, it, there's all the feels, um, you will laugh, you will cry, you will get aroused. <laughs> it goes through like the whole gamut. So yeah, um, I've gotten some really wonderful feedback and um, I'm excited. I'm excited that I stuck with it because in all honesty, I gave up on it several times. There was a lot of rejection, a lot of crickets from publishers and, and literary companies. And it was eventually um, a, my boyfriend a few years ago who just, who's like, what do you mean you have a book? Like you wrote a book? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's not very good. I gave up on it. And he's like, well, let me read it. And I did. And he was the one who convinced me to self-publish it because he said, even if it, even if nobody ever reads it, like don't self-publish it, like with these lofty goals, just self-publish it for yourself. So, you know, you finished it. So it's not this like unfinished thing in the back of your mind that like, you know, that you kind of have like looming over you. Yeah, Which so you don't live with regret and not publishing it. See, yeah. I, I love that. I love indie and self-published authors. That's mine and Sandy's realm. Like I got that love from Sandy. And so I love it. Greg is in the same realm as, as that. And so I think that that's, that's a beautiful way to say what self-publishing is, right? Because I feel like, you know, sometimes self-published can get a bad rap because it's like, oh, well, you know, no one will pick up your books. You just published it. So it was out there. And it was like, no, the way that you said it, you gave up several times on this book is the true journey of an author. Because if you haven't given up on your book when you're writing it, then, you know, it's, I don't know if it you really lived the writer or author journey because they all have had that even if you go through traditional publishing there's mishaps moving dates there's never a smooth ride and so there's the marketing because even when you get yeah. a publisher they're not going to do the marketing for you mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. um so either way you're going to be the one that's out there yeah. selling books 
and Greg, you're a great example of of because um, Greg does like almost all of the shows, kind of thing is selling for selling books in the Houston area. So, what do you think about this book, and where where would be a good good place for her to um, go and have a booth or be in somebody's booth and sell it? Well, they have a lot of book fairs, so I would definitely start with maybe a book fair somewhere. And I think they have, I know there's one in D.C., but I don't know about y'all's borders yet, because I do have friends up in Canada, and they're saying the borders are still kind of closed, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think they are. I but think so. I know D.C. Future, has a book fair. New York has a book fair. There's book fairs all over the place where you can actually get a table. And if you know another author, definitely share the table if it gets too expensive because it's like i go to comic cons and be honest with you comic palooza here in houston is just getting too expensive you mm -hmm. just it's like almost 400 dollars a table yeah you do right. have to kind of weigh the cost of being here and what you're potentially going to sell for the sell the book and i love that um jennifer you said your boyfriend said don't get lofty ideas and you know plan to sell mm -hmm. millions of copies because as a first-time author that does happen we've seen it happen it's good to know that it happens it's happened with the harry potter series it's happened with i think twilight was another one the series those are some that you know first-time authors right off the bat they did great so i want when i work with authors i tell all of them be expecting something like that but at the same time understand the reality is the average first book by an independent author sells less than a thousand copies so know those kind of figures but also go in you know creating this great experience that you would sell and i love um so I'm fascinated with your background. Honestly, I'm sitting here looking at it on Amazon, and I think that's great. I did want to point out, because I know we are a little bit over the 30 minutes, but um, your book, so Year of the What, is free on Kindle Unlimited. I love that. Mm -hmm. That means I, because I do pay for Kindle Unlimited, can go as soon as we're up here and get a copy of the book and read it, and then put it back, it's like a library, put it back, and you get credit, you get paid for mm -hmm. every page that I read. I think that's wonderful. Um, and I've got a whole library of books and every now and then I have to put one back just so I can get another one. I may have to do that today, but I am gonna get yours today. <laughs> but, but I did wanna talk about besides Year of the Slut, and you do have, I mean, Year of the what? Sorry, the yeah. other See, she likes, she likes, it's the same way as that title too. She likes the title too. I'm one of those that would have bought it. And I love the one with the bitch in the title. I know. And my I family were like, no, you, earn the right to be called a bitch yes that's <laughs> yes it's a compliment to me at that time it means that i've you know done something right you or I've under your skin. <laughs> you know? yes. but i do have a i do have a question because you mentioned you know your your boyfriend said you know to publish it because it was like completing the chapter right it was like completing this thing and it wasn't with regret so my question for you in a sense because i like to hear the answer is did you write the book as like an explore, like, uh, I don't know the best way to word it. And words aren't my strong suit all the time. Okay. So, um, roll with me here. Um, 
it was it more of like an explanation of how you view things through this journey that you take her on in your book or was it more what like a i guess i'm gonna stick there i'm gonna stick with that okay. was it yeah because i was gonna say more was it you know like therapeutic for you but i was like i don't know if that fits see words aren't my strong suit. it's why i'm not a writer i'm sorry it's so just I originally developed the story as a play, as a one woman show to showcase my acting and my writing ability. Right. I actually had the title first before I had a story. Okay. And I created the story to fit the title. And I also write erotic poetry. So what I had done was I took five of my poems and I created a story arc around those poems. And I performed the poems with like movement. I had a choreographer. It was a theatrical piece, you know, okay. so you, yeah. can take, you can take liberties. So I had the title first, then I, and there is some of the poetry in the book. Okay. Because for me, that was my experience. Like I came out of my first relationship, serious relationship. I was crushed. And in my, you know, stewing in my emotions, I started writing this like racy erotic poetry that I never knew was inside of me. So that part of the journey was my truth. And okay. if you open up the book, it also says like a true story, dot, 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 kinda. <laughs> I love it. Okay. It started kinda with my journey of going through my first heartbreak and realizing that I'm a writer and writing this poetry and whatever. But then you have to take liberties for a plot arc. And I also wanted to play 10 characters and I wanted to show a bunch of accents I could do and a bunch of different physicalities, you know, to embody the different characters. So you know, so they're not all people that I met on my journey. Some of them are combinations of two or three people. And then I just had to exaggerate characteristics, give them an accent just to make it more interesting to watch visually. Right. So the show took on a life of its own. And then when I decided to adapt it into a novel, well, then there isn't the performance and theatrical aspect. So then that took on a whole new life of its own in a different way. And I was able to develop the characters in a deeper sense. And I borrowed a lot. It's like a true story, but not mine. Yeah. Other people's, you know, crazy, yeah. wacky experiences and outrageous adventures and, you know, kind of wrapped it up in a bow. And that's, that's the Your story. Well, Here's one for you, because this will be kind of leading up to another question. But you have it also on audiobook. Mm -hmm. Did you read that yourself? I did. I um, and, yeah. During the during the initial lockdown yeah. like in 2020, I was rebranding because Year of the Slut was dead in the water, and a colleague suggested change the title. I finally relented after a several month conversation back and forth. And then while we were rebranding, um, I decided to record the audiobook on my own. And wow, I messed up a lot. <laughs> is that is that what led you to your other book, which was Seven yes. Steps of Audio? Exactly. So I actually recorded the whole thing once and had to throw two months of work in the garbage and start again from scratch. 
And after I did that, this same colleague, the one who convinced me to change the title and then convinced me to do the audiobook, we were talking and she's like, how's the audiobook? I'm like, oh, I'm finally finished. It took me so long because I had to throw the first version in the garbage. And she's like, oh, well, now you can write a book about that. So other authors <laughs> don't have to make the. So I, I have to stop talking to this woman because every time we have a conversation, she just gives me more work to do. <laughs> Well, I can but it's good work, though. It's the kind of work you want. <laughs> yeah, hard really hard. Okay, I get it. So it I led to make your own break, how to record and publish your audiobook in seven simple steps. And make your own break is a little consulting business I have um, for writers and actors because deciding to write my own show and kind of pick myself and give myself an opportunity is what led to um, opening doors and more success in my life. So that's like my philosophy with anything, whether you're in the entertainment business or an author or whatever field you're in, there's always room to create your own opportunities. So, um, so yeah, so it's under that title because I've always intended, haven't gotten to it yet to have um, a series of how-to books on how to do a solo show, how to produce a low-budget film, how to produce an indie theater project. So those are coming too. Greg, I think we were all talking over you, but you had a question a few minutes ago or something you were going to say. Well, that with the audiobook, and it's like I can understand because, I mean, in all honesty, I don't think I could, my one book said it would take an average of 13 hours to read. It's like, I don't think I could do that for my own book. And it's, I want to, but it's like, it would be just. Yes, you can. There you uh, go. And that's So I have to get her audio book in seven easy steps. Yeah, Greg, like, come on, man. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I don't have to do 13 hours straight from and beginning I explain, to end. I explain a realistic timeline of how, yes, because it take it looked like it took me about two months. And I even suggest that for the first month, you're not recording your book, you're doing vocal exercises every day. So when you actually get to reading your book, you your voice doesn't crack, you don't lose your voice, you don't get hoarse, which will prolong the process even more. So yeah. yes, you can, and I'm happy to send you a gift and send you the book to encourage you because I also believe that if you have enough passion and conviction to write a book, you have enough passion to tell that story yourself. Oh, see, like I, that is just, that's very true. And plus like audiobooks, having someone, you know, voice your audiobook and stuff can get very expensive. And especially if you're self-published or indie published, mm -hmm. That's like not, it may not be out of everybody's budget, but it's definitely not on your radar when you're looking at how much it took to self-publish and editors and things like that. And then you're kind of switching gears and now you're doing marketing, right? And it, you got to spend money to do marketing. That's just how it happens. It's just how it happens. So, I mean, some, you know, having someone record your audiobook and stuff, like Greg said, being 13 hours, if they charge you hourly or they want, you know, a split of the royalties or whatever it is, you know, things can get expensive. And so doing it yourself is brilliant. I recommend most authors read their books themselves because they know it better than anybody. 
right? And the vocal exercises is wonderful. Okay. I wish I had known that when I was doing my 12 day thing, because I don't know, just God decided to play tricks on Amy during the <laughs> month of December. And I have built up the whole year for this 12 days. I was going live and I got laryngitis and I talked that whole 12 days through it. My vocal cords have yet to recover from that. And it's February, you know, it's a whole thing whole thing. So yes, please do your vocal exercises. Don't be like Amy and have to whisper. Okay. So that's a whole thing for sure. But I, I love that. And I love how you're, you keep your, I like your friend that gives you all these ideas, you know, keep them at a, an arm distance till we finish all your stuff, you know, but I love it. And I love how you're doing, you know, the year of the what, and that's a whole series. And then the how to series, which I think is important, right? Because that's, the struggle, you know, of anyone that's going into the author, author, the authorpreneur, I guess is the best way to say it, right? Going into that aspect and you're going to self-publish or, you know, indie publish, however you want to do it, you need to have these resources because it's going to help you further down the road. Because I am a consumer of books. Now I like audiobooks because it's, I can listen to them multitasking. Okay, because that's just how my life is at the moment. But car rides and things like that, you know, you're still getting the readership, though they're listening to it, right? So they can leave reviews and stuff. And that's the biggest compliment you can give to any author is to leave them reviews, right? That's the greatest thing. They live for that. They love it. And so I think that's amazing. I'm definitely going to recommend that to my membership group that I have, which is Through the Eyes of Authors, which tonight on Through the Eyes of Authors, you guys remember last week, we had to postpone it. Tonight starts our six-week series of the six steps with Max Reagan, and he's going to be talking tonight about kind of diving into the top three genres, knowing your genre, knowing where your niche is, and everything like that tonight at 7 so I have everybody's email. You still have time to sign up. You can get the recordings. You can jump in whenever you want to. It's an open book. You guys know that. And that's tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. If you can't make it, you get the recordings. No worries. Everyone's on my list and everything like that. But it's time for closing comments, you guys. We have to wrap it up. And I always hate saying goodbye. It's just the hardest thing, but Greg, you are our guest co-host for the day. So I'm going to kick it to you with closing comments, questions, anything. Well, first, Jennifer, thank you for being on. And I'll, I'll throw it to Amy later about through the eyes of authors. Oh, okay. But uh, definitely Max is a very good person. I've worked with him once, I think. It, definitely you really want to be that on that program to, to – He's good to work with. That's the best way to put it. He's just very good to work with. But I definitely enjoyed being on today. Nice seeing Sandy. It's been so long since I've seen Sandy. And basically, I enjoyed today's show. And I learned a lot, actually. Greg, yay. Sandy. I, I told Amy I wouldn't make her cry, so I can't say Oh, he did. Right. He did promise that. <laughs> no one likes to, you know, if you're watching us, I have to say this, Sandy, and then I'll go to you because if not, I know Russell, I'm going to get hate mail from Russell. But if you are listening to us on all of the podcasts, we are still in the top 10 on Good Pods. So make sure you go over there, download Good Pods, type in Author Talk. You'll see us. We're like the fourth one listed. You'll see us, but we want to thank all of you guys for listening to us now in the future as a replay. 
whatever. You guys have put us in the top 10 and we absolutely are grateful and love it. We've been doing this for five years and we do it because we love it and we love hearing stories. So thank you guys so much for listening to us. Sandy, I'm going to kick it to you. Closing comments, questions. Well, I know we are. I know we are. It, we're you know, out of time. And Russell's not here, Sandy. Russell's not here. <laughs> but Jennifer, it was great to have you. I really enjoyed um, reading all about you as I prepared for what questions to ask. So it was really great. Look forward to seeing you again. Amy, I was thinking Jennifer would be a great person to come and, and teach on a Monday night after the Max thing is over and have her talk about her book on either um either her book that she's got going on or her audio book so either way jennifer it's great to meet with you and hear you and get to know you a little bit and um so if you ever want to come back to houston we'd love to have you come love to get together with you while you're here thank you thank yeah. you sandy thank you greg thank you amy this has been so much fun this is like a great way to kick off valentine's day i know <laughs> Yes. And I, I definitely will let you know um, when I'm in Houston again, visiting family. That would be so much fun to catch up with y'all. It yes. would. It would be. Definitely. definitely. Absolutely. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and talk to us and tell us about your books and everything that you have going on. We love hearing stories and meeting new authors. We look forward to having you back on for all yes. the series that you're doing. So we are so excited, but we hope everybody has a great Monday, a great Valentine's Day, and a great week. And we'll catch everybody next Monday. Until then.